Welcome to episode 320 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always. And this week we've got another great one because we've got Dusty Grant returning to the podcast. We were only 100 episodes away from 420. And I thought Dusty would appreciate being on an episode that was loosely related to the 420. There you go. I don't know. I thought if anybody I know, he, he would he would be cool with that. I have no idea. 420. Right, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just making stupid jokes here, but I thought episode 420 will definitely have Chris Robinson or Willie Nelson on here. Oh, hey, yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe Snoop Dogg, I don't know. Right, right. I've tried for Willie several times. I'm confident it'll happen one day before he dies. It'll never happen. You don't think so? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just keep saying, hey, we had Shooter Jennings on here. We're, we're legit in your world. Right, Let right. Let us in. Okay. But with all that being said, that's still a year and a half or two away. But what is today is this episode with Dusty Grant. So we've got a lot to talk about with him. We're going to play some new music. All the typical stuff we do here, talk a little bit. But first, we need to let you know who we're sponsored by. Sunset Tattoo, right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Their tattoos are done, get them proper. They're state licensed. They're mother approved. If you give Jake a call or shoot him a message, you can set up a time to talk about what work you need to get done. You can go to Sunset Tattoo Tulsa on Facebook or Instagram to see photos of all his work. Hell, you can go to our Instagram to see at least a single photo of his work because he did a tattoo for me. And I'm very happy with it, and other people have said that they think it's great. So there's you a good solid plug for Jake. And we know several musicians around town and Several touring musicians that have had him tattoo them as well. So give Jake a call at Sunset Tattoo and tell him that you heard about him here. Also, we've got Med Farm, a dispensary in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51. They are cannabis with a cause. 30% of their proceeds go to build no-kill animal shelters. That's like an amazing, an amazing thing that we're very happy to talk about here. They've got a drive-through. If you call ahead or text ahead, you can Place your order and get over there to pick it up. Get in, in and out quick. Leafly.com is the website where you can see all of the info or all of their selection, which is a pretty large selection. You can find them on Facebook at Medfarm PHRM, Instagram Medfarm OK, and their website is MedfarmOK.com. Hella Hot Hot Sauce is a hot sauce company based out of the San Francisco Bay Area. They make small batch artisan hot sauces. They collaborate with a lot of musicians. In fact, we've had a couple of them on here. Ghoul has a sauce called Brain Jerk. Florida Frank from Hate Breed has a sauce called Florida Frank's Florida Heat. And even Techno Destructo, formerly of Gore, has a sauce that we recently got a hold of some of them. And that shit is amazing. It's fucking awesome. I yeah. love it. It's Garlic Death Grip. And <laughs> that's a great name for it because it is heavy on the garlic. And I can tell you... Personally, I love everything heavy on the garlic. Yeah, me too. So yeah. it, it works totally. Yeah. <laughs> Hellahothotsauce.com. You can buy it all and they'll ship it anywhere. If you're on the West Coast, there are a lot of stores out there as well. So check that out and let them know we sent you. And finally, we've got DEB Concerts located in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They bring a ton of great shows to the downtown Tulsa area. And they also book the Roadhouse stage every year in Oklahoma. That, that announcement will be coming shortly in the next few weeks. And we'll be talking about... The band's playing Doug's stage there. Once that announcement comes out, 
But in the meantime, we can let you know that Lita Ford will be returning to the Ideal Ballroom in downtown Tulsa to put on a show on June 26th. That show will be opened by Straight Shot, and it will be hosted by the one and only Eddie Trunk, who hosts a lot of the shows at the Ideal Ballroom. So get out there, meet Eddie Trunk, and check out a show at the Ideal Ballroom, which is an amazing venue. They've always got great shows. DEBconcerts.com. You can get ticket info there. You can be kept up to date on any of the previous shows that got postponed or any upcoming shows as well. And we'll, of course, keep you updated here as well. All right. Let's uh, let's just jump directly into some music. Yes. Before we talk. Okay. And this is kind of a, a cool tie-in here because this song we're about to play is uh, the second single from an album that came out a couple months ago that we've talked about more than once on this podcast. Ad nauseum, yes. as they would say. <laughs> because we have both said thus far we are now almost to the end of May. So we're getting close to halfway through the year, and we're both fully convinced that this album will be top three probably for both of us. Right. I mean, unless... Maybe top five at the at the lowest. <laughs> it's going to be top three, it, unless because I look at what's what's coming, and I don't know unless uh, just something out of left field. I, I don't know. This is this is going to be a fucking contender, dude. I think there's going to be some left field stuff though this year because of everybody with their downtime this past year. True. We who knows? Yeah. But the point is, we both love this album. Definitely. So let's. I, I listened to it twice today. Okay. Well, and with that being said, we just recorded another episode with this guy coming up right now. So let's jump into it and talk a little bit about that when we get back. But here is Damon Johnson with Talk Yourself Into Anything.
Talk Yourself Into Anything, the second single from Damon Johnson and the Get Ready, their brand new album Battle Lessons that came out here a couple months ago. Nine tracks, every one of them fantastic. This song, I have stated, is at this point in the year, my favorite song of 2021. There you go. I think maybe Like No Other, like no other by Dead Daisies or Summertime by Tea Party might be the only contenders to knock that off so far, but... That's neither here nor there, because what is right now is that this song is amazing. Right, definitely. As is this whole album. And, and the story behind the song's cool. Oh, yeah. That's for a different episode. The episode with him. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I love this record. This record's got hooks. It's catchy. It rocks. The song's no exception. And, and I like when we get to play this kind of stuff, you know, the national stuff. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, huge thank you to... Jody from Best Bet Promotions for sending over this track and, of course, for setting up that interview. For those of you, if you're not familiar with the name Damon Johnson, he was the founder of Brother Kane. He did that for several albums. Then he's also been Alice Cooper's guitarist. He's been in Thin Lizzy now for 10 or 12 years. He was in Black Star Writers for their first several albums. All kinds of great stuff, and he has several solo albums, including these last two with the Get Ready that are freaking fantastic, so do yourself a favor and check that out and look for his episode coming here in about two or three weeks, because next week we've got Josh Todd of Buck Cherry coming. Fuck yeah. That one just kind of came out of left field. We got that recorded here this week as well, so that'll be coming next week. Talking about Buck Cherry's new album that comes out in about a month at the end of June. Mm Mm-hmm. Be on the lookout for that. They've already got two singles out. And then we've also got an episode coming up with members of the Normandies and Grind. And all kinds of great stuff to look forward to. Exactly. I can't wait. Starting off to be a great summer. That's right. All right. Is there anything that we should talk about before we jump into this episode? I well, yeah. Well, <laughs> real quick. Okay. I come out of that laugh. I was going to avoid that unless you brought it up. No, I'm. I guess should. it actually at this point is we should talk yeah, about it. Yeah, because it's news. But go ahead with what you're going to do, then we'll get. Go this, ahead. This is something I mentioned to you that I wanted to bring up on the last, our episode last week with Robert Mason of Warrant and the End Machine. I wanted to bring this up because it kind of fit with that, that genre. But who cares? We're talking about it now is that Robin McCauley has a new solo album out. I freaking love it because. You know, a lot of times we're like, oh, this sounds reminiscent of a time period, but with a modern feel. You know, that whole vibe. But this sounds reminiscent of a time period with that feel. <laughs> okay, well, I need <laughs> and, to listen to this. And thing. it's and it's not because Robin McCauley's stuck in 1989. It's just because I kind of mentioned this at another point earlier on, but when we when he was on our Eddie Van Halen tribute episode, he mentioned that he was finishing up that solo album and that the record company had really pushed for him to make it sound like what people knew him for, which was Macaulay Shanker group for the most part. Right. He said he would have rather done something else, but this is the, this is what they wanted. So this is what he did. That's what it sounds like. If you like Macaulay Shanker stuff from the late eighties, early nineties, it's, this is what that sounds like just right. with a different guitarist, obviously besides Michael Shanker. So yeah. Well, and doesn't he, doesn't he, uh, doesn't he do the, uh, rating the rock vault? Yeah. Yeah. He's been doing that for years now. Okay. Cause I, I cannot fucking remember where I saw it. Something on, maybe it was just a commercial for, I don't know, something about Branson, Missouri. 
and it was shown all the things around town you could do. And there's a theater with the marquee that said raiding the country vault. Oh wow! So I'm like the whole raiding the whatever vault. That's a thing. That's a brand. That's now a brand. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Anyways, go ahead. I hope that like in Oakland, California, there's like a raiding the hip hop vault or something. There could be. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Where so, else? Like maybe in like New Orleans, raiding the jazz vault. <laughs> there you go. This is getting stupid. Maybe like in Jonesboro, Tennessee, it's like raiding the bluegrass vault or something. Uh, Seattle raiding the grunge vault. <laughs> God damn it. We can't. This is why we can't have anything nice. Yeah. We're, we're fucking assholes. <laughs> right. So anyways. Okay. In Wichita, it would be raiding the the sad acoustic rock vault with Dusty Grant. Okay. <laughs> the sad acoustic rock. Sorry. He's like, fuck you now. Oh, know? my God. <laughs> but so I guess the thing we should talk about is... David Elfson yes. is no longer a member of the band Megadeth. I mean, let's just get into it. It's one of our favorite bands, one of the big four. Yeah. That whole thing, and David Elfson is out. It's like I can um, see I can see every side of this. My personal opinion is it's idiotic to let him go, but I understand why they did, just because of the whole brand and that kind of thing. But at the same time, this isn't freaking Celine Dion. This is heavy metal. 90, right. 90% of people that know about this aren't going to not go to a Megadeth show because he's in the band. In fact, right. more people, you're probably actually pissing off some people now. Well, here's the I thing. I mean, a small faction, but. <laughs> here's the thing, and I've seen, I've seen, I've seen comments like this everywhere. It's like, what does heavy metal come to? And I'm like, okay, that's, that has to stop. But it's not just heavy metal, it's just rock in general. Yeah, yeah, well, rock, yeah, heavy metal rock, whatever. It's not 1990 anymore. Yeah, it's not, and it's not cool. And don't get me wrong, because I'm, I'm going to kind of go into this here. Uh, you know, I get it. Um, rock stars cheat on their wives. That's been a thing. Um, and it's really weird because, you know, you can have the Scorpions put out a record with a fucking naked 13-year-old on it 40 years ago. Or fucking Ted Nugent or Jimmy Page uh, getting guardianship of a 14-year-old so they can fuck her. Look, yes, I get it. It's creepy. That's not cool. So it's weird that... And no one has said shit about that. But now everyone, you know, now we got to fire Dave Ellison because he cheated on his wife. Not even cheated, just an online. See, I don't know. I don't know where this is going. It's just so fucking weird. So yeah, it's it's why is why is this cool and that isn't cool? It's a different day and age. But I guess. it is a different day and age. And like every time that this gets mentioned, the name Megadeth pops up. Right. And the state is the press release from Mustaine said. An already strained relationship. My belief, I mean, or my speculation, is that Mustaine probably never liked all the extracurricular shit Ellison did. You know, or because, you know, Mustaine's kind of a. True, but my guess is that it was, you would think that he would talk, you know, like if, like the thing you mentioned with the logo, like he used Megadeth font for the Ellison band right, logo. Yeah. My, my guess is he probably like. Didn't just do that without saying, hey, Dave, this is what I'm doing. That cool. Right. True. But I, I just, and then I, I don't know, but I just, I, you, you see how Dave Mustaine is and how he is in interviews and. Right. Which means nothing because who knows really. 
but I, I just I I just have a feeling, I have a vibe that he probably wasn't cool with, you know. Oh wow, you're doing another tribute record with Mark Slaughter. God damn it, you know. <laughs> so who but I don't know, who knows. Which was awesome by the way. Oh yeah, but <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think it was obviously it was just something else where they could go, okay, you know what? We're done. Yeah. See, I mean that's the point. I think this is not even though that's what it's labeled as he was kicked out of the band because of this. Mm. Like you said, it's set in there a strange relationship. And as we know that even if they claim they're cool for the past 10 years or whatever it's been, mm. I mean, he was out of the band for what, eight or nine years. And there and was, there was there lawsuits was, involved. Too, yeah. And that so. they supposedly squashed all that, but you know, there's always going to be something yeah. deep down that Mustaine's right. probably still harboring towards that. And it could be 20 other things we don't even know about. Yeah. That this could have just been a working relationship for the past 10 years that they're just acting like they're cool. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's other things that pl- like, who knows, maybe Dave Mustaine's wife is good friends with David Elfson's wife. And that, right. that would just make shit awkward, right? Yeah. If she's not behind the scenes, like, who knows? If yeah. She's not going to, if she's going to leave him over this, which doesn't, is irrelevant to the news, but it'll become news if it happens. Right, right. <laughs> And that's the, the, the other thing that I instantly thought whenever that thing came out yesterday was this is now a bigger news story than it was. If Megadeth had just like went on their way, did their tour with Lamb of God, released their album with, with David Elfson still in the band, mm-hmm. this would still come up. Right. But now it's even a bigger deal because they kicked him out of it. Well, here's the thing. And Mustaine always likes to stir up shit. For yeah. publicity. Right. Like, he, he might not even have a problem, but he'll just talk shit about someone just to make some headlines for a few days. Right. So he's like, well, I don't know. I mean, we'll probably be in the headlines for a few days if we do this. Okay, you're out. Where's Lomenzo's number? <laughs> right. Uh, so and that was another thing I thought, too. That sounds far-fetched and dramatic, but goddamn, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> right. And I don't care. I don't care. I'll say it. He'll never be on this podcast. I got to meet him once already, so I'm good. Fuck it. Whatever. You never know. I hope. David Elson's been on here twice. Probably won't be on here anytime soon, probably, because my guess is he probably won't be doing many yeah. interviews for... That's probably over for quite a while. I'm sure he will at some point, but, you know, it'll take his time. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess, does that cover? So, there's that. We covered that. <laughs> We got through it. All right. Dusty Grant, he's up. All right. Let's do it. We've had Dusty Grant on before, and if you've listened to our podcast at any any length of time, you've probably heard the name come up, because I've also done a couple uh, tours with Dusty. I went on tour with him and Sprout, the anti-hero, whenever they did their, their joint tours in 2018 and 2019, so I got to know Dusty pretty well. I would consider him a, a pretty good friend now. Very cool to have him back on here talking about his music and his podcast he's now been doing. Let's just jump into this and hear what Dusty's got to say. here a few months ago earlier in the year and you've just announced you've got a new single coming in this next week or two is that kind of 
the format you're looking to do now is singles throughout the year or are you yeah that's kind of what i have in mind um i had it was weird last year i had a neck injury from training and um so i didn't have a lot of i didn't have a lot of time to play or anything like that but i really buckled down and recorded two tracks so I could get them tracked so I could do rehab and not have to play every day. You know what I mean? So I, so I could take a little break. So I went in with Dawson and recorded two, uh, through the cracks. And then the next one that's coming out is called for you. Um, I recorded both of those with him in that weekend, just so I could buy myself a little time to bank some songs. Um, but now just started testing the water with booking like today, actually. So I'm, I'm going to see how that kind of goes. See if I can travel around, sell some merch, make some money, you know, and, and try to see people because I haven't done that for a while. That's kind of, I'm just kind of playing it by ear to see what, how things go. Are you hoping to do that like this summer or are you thinking like, do you have a timetable on that? Well, I have, I have stuff, I have a couple things booked already. Um, on June 17th, I'm playing at a festival in Winfield called the Duck Jam and I'm opening for a grammy nominated blues artist actually um but i'm doing a full band performance so i've got blana from rise again is going to sing with me um i've got jason catlett from parallax i've got the drummer from rise again shane harper and then the bass player is tommy wicker from ghost town strays so i put together like an all-star lineup of people to back me up because when they book this show they're like do you want this show? I was like, yeah, they're like, they're like, do you have a full band? And I was like, at that time I didn't, <laughs> but, I, but I was like, yes, I want the show. I'll get a full band. And I reached out to those were the first four people I thought of. And thankfully none of them had anything booked and they all said yes. And we've been rehearsing and preparing for that show um, already. So yeah, I, I've got that booked and then I've got an appearance for an indie podcast thing online um, where, but I'm actually playing music for this. And uh, that's on Roku TV, and I think that's sometime in June as well. So those are the two. Those are the two like performances I have booked. Other than that, I've I put a post out about an hour ago, and I've already had a show offer, but unfortunately, it was not meant to be. So right. things are starting to roll. It feels like again. I feel like the momentum's kind of picking up here. You know, this full band thing you're doing. What have the challenges been, and is it just kind of filling in and kind of beefing up the? you know, your catalog. Yeah, that, that's pretty much what it's been. Um, I handpicked these people because I've, because I've played with them a lot before jamming with them, recording with them. You know, I've been in bands with Tommy. I've jammed with Bono and Shane. They've helped me out a lot. And I, and Jason and I have recorded together and stuff. So I've sent them my material. Um, we met up at Shane's Shane's houses where we've been jamming and, I mean, we can, we went down there with really no preconceived notion of what we wanted to do. I said, I just want you guys to play and let's let's play this shit and let's jam for a few practices and see what happens. And so far it's been, you know, it's all my original stuff, but it's been with like Shane kind of going a little heavier on drums. Um, it, it's Jason's playing like some Pink Floyd, like really ethereal style guitar. It's just, it's a really cool vibe. It's, it's really unique. And, and we're just going to roll with that and ride with it. And whatever happens at that show happens. And, and we're just, we're just, it's so crazy for me because I've never been in a band situation where everybody's dialed in. And, and in this situation, they, these people are all very, you know, professional, serious musicians. So when they come to practice, they're ready. 
and we get down there and it's like we plug in and bam there we go we play through the set twice we rarely have to stop you know it's just been it has been pretty much a blessing to just play with musicians of that caliber you know on a weekly basis lately and it's i, I it's helped me grow a lot as a musician i'm finding too because it's been a while since i've jammed with people you know right right and now is this is this something you want to keep doing or is it kind of you just need to see how this first show goes <laughs> well i'm thinking this first show is going to go well I, you know it's a big show and i i feel like we're gonna i just feel like we're gonna knock people's socks off just like it's it's the jams so far have just been so like special i don't know it feels really good so if they want to continue to do a few gigs with me here and there um i'm definitely open to that but it's gonna have to make sense you know what i mean i can't take them away from their primary projects and pay them, you know, $25 in two drink tickets. You know what I mean? I'm <laughs> right. Gonna, I, it, it's going to, it's going to have to make sense. But if, if that, if those opportunities were to arise, I am certain that everyone involved would be interested in doing that because we've, we get down there and we're just warming up and it's like, we could write like five songs right now. <laughs> you know, we're just, everybody's just kind of jamming and fucking around and, and, uh, stuff just starts to happen and it's like all right we got to get on task here because we could just jam all day <laughs> you know it, so it's been it's been really cool it's, I, I i'm i'm shocked that all of them were able to do it and the schedules allowed to do it but i'm i'm feeling really grateful that that that, that, that lined up like that so I, I hope it happens more that's long story short i hope it does I, i'm definitely open to it if they are you hadn't been a part of a band in several years so what was that first uh get together rehearsal kind of like for you like what was the feeling like uh, at the very first part of it, it's a weird thing that you have as a solo artist. You don't play with people a lot. And then when you do play, play with people, most of the time it's at shows, but you are experiencing these nerves. You know, when you play with all these other musicians and you see all these people with these amazing talent around you all the time, you're like, do I belong playing with these, this caliber of person? You know, are the, are, am I, am I up to the task to play with this level of musician? And, and that was the thing that I was most nervous about going into it. Definitely. Now I've jammed with them all before and I know that I am, but still it was really important to me to go down there and, and knock it out and get her done. And, and we did but the first time through it was pretty rough. I was just, I was nervous and I think everybody was a little tight, but there were definitely, even from the first time we jammed through the tunes, there were definitely moments where we were all kind of like, Oh, there's some cool shit happening here. Um, so it's just been a lot of that. It's been, you know, kind of getting to know each other and getting tight jamming with each other. And then things are starting to happen. You know, Tommy's starting to do different runs on the bass and we're starting to feel these builds and all these different things. And it's just a, it's just a really cool, really cool feeling. Are, are you kind of making sure you sign off on everything or, I mean, are you cool with, uh, all the, all the guys kind of doing their own thing and, and. Uh, kind of adding their flavor to it it's a it's a 100% open to their interpretation okay. and I told them all that from the I told them all that from the beginning I'm like I, I there's a reason I asked you since you said yes you know I, I have no I have no interest in trying to limit you or make this not fun in any way like I want you to come down and do what you do and that's what everybody's kind of done now as far as the only things I've really got involved with is if there's little stops and little rests, you know, a little arrangement stuff. 
Right. That the only reason I know the only reason I know that shit is because I recorded it. You know, most people probably don't even hear it. But I've showed a couple of those things, but it's like I show them once and I never have to show them again. It just it, it blows my mind. Well, this is something that hopefully you're going to get recorded or something, so those of us that might not be there could see it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely thinking about it. I'm definitely going to see if I can find a videographer that would be interested in doing it. Because I'd really, I would really like to just make it like a 45 minute like live session and just put it on my YouTube and just have it there forever if possible. But I don't know what the limitations are going to be. Like they're asking me to send stage plots and stuff to them, and I don't know anything about any of that. So I'm gonna have to, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to act. Like, I'm gonna have to act like I know what I'm talking about here, <laughs> and then and then and then go from there. But I, I think they. I think I'll be able to find somebody. If not, I'm sure somebody will go live. But I, I would love to have a recorded version of it because it's going to be a it's going to be a one of a kind show, and I I just I don't want to miss that moment, you know. So I'll, I'll I hope I'd say I'm 90 percent sure I'll find somebody to film it and and be able to share it. Awesome. So is that those two shows? Are those the first shows that you have booked since pre-COVID? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. Those are the, those. well, I played, I played one show last year. I think it was in September. Uh, I think I played one show and it was like a COVID concert series at the crown uptown theater here in Wichita, which is a really beautiful place. Um, I played a show there and it was amazing. Um, but that was the only thing I've done since the last show that I, the last show that I was going to play that I canceled was actually Tulsa with Tim O'Kelly and Garrett. So, so that I canceled that one and then COVID hit and then I canceled everything beyond that until I played that COVID show. But these shows in June are the first I have of this year and probably will be unless something comes up, you know? Right. Yeah. Cause the, the few years before that, like 2019, 18, 17, you were playing a ton of shows. So what was that? I mean, everybody went through it, but what was the feeling like for you to be all of a sudden, like no live shows? That I, I, I definitely missed it at first. Um, I was like, I, I just, I think I kind of got into a, I think I kind of got into a routine of like, that's just what I did. I'm like, I'm going somewhere this weekend. I don't give a shit what to turn out. I don't care. I'm just going, let's go. And I kind of, it, at first I, I did miss that, but it, it took a little adjusting, but then I got into the podcasting stuff and I got into the live streaming stuff. And I really took some time to up my game and learn some new skills as far as graphic design and video editing and marketing and promo. And I took some seminars and I used the time really productively to where I don't feel like I just sat on my ass at all. You know what I mean? I feel like I was busy the whole damn time. And I'm proud that I was because it did let me learn that I can still grow and develop my project from here. I mean, is it, is it, is it, is is it the same as a live show? Absolutely not. There's no substitute for that, but I can still be here. I can still work on my project. I can still grow regardless of where I am. So it's made me think a little more about the shows I take and when I play and how often I play and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's helped me. I think it's helped me grow actually. And I I feel really good and I feel like energized and and I feel really positive about what I'm doing. And, and, and 
I guess I'm just as happy as I've been in a long time. So it really didn't get me down too much, honestly. That's good. Speaking on, you know, some of the stuff you've mentioned so far about social media, I know that you kind of made a shift over this past year where you focused on Twitter and TikTok and Twitch and like kind of, you know, built up your online presence in those areas. Like, how is that? How have you seen those grow and how are you happy how happy you are with all that? Um, so far, super happy. I've, I've, I've learned a lot about how to use the different platforms for what they're intended to be used for. So it seems like the algorithm is a little more friendly to you when you understand these things and you try to, you try to use the platforms, how they're meant to be used. Um, so I'm still on Facebook. I don't do a ton of Instagram anymore because they changed that platform. And I just kind of think the new platform on Instagram sucks. I just don't get it and i don't want to learn it and screw you guys (laughs) i have to change and learn so much shit i like as an independent artist i'm getting hit up every day hey are you on this platform are you on this are you on that i'm like no and i'm not getting on any of that shit i still have to manage this stuff you know it's it's tedious but i got so frustrated with the facebook thing that i went over to twitter and man i've grown my twitter since september like I hadn't even paid attention to that thing. And I think when I took over it, I had four or 500 followers on it. And now that I'm actually active there, I've got like, I'm approaching 4,000. So Twitter has been huge for me. Twitter is an awesome platform for independent artists, for anybody like podcasters, <clears throat> authors, producers, graphic designers, any of that stuff. Twitter has been fantastic. I've met so many cool people and like, even the podcast guests that I've been able to land, you know, like Christian Machado, Fallon Bowman, all those were because I became friends with them on Twitter. And it's like, just from interacting and talking and stuff like that. It's like, I've just, I've met so many cool people on Twitter. Twitter has been great. Twitch is tough. Twitch is a tough road to hoe because a lot of people don't have it. And a lot of the people in my demographic don't want to get it. Um, So it doesn't pay out like you'd think it would once you become an affiliate. Um, but it is a cool platform to be able to kind of keep some exclusivity. And I think more artists need to do a little bit more of that because I think it benefits us all to do that. But I've had pretty good luck on Twitch. TikTok is mixed. I really like TikTok if I had six hours a day to dedicate to it. <laughs> you know, if I, if I could make, you know, if I could make like, if I could spend six hours a day just making like three or four TikToks, I could probably be huge on that shit. You know what I mean? Like any, I, I think if you just have time to sit around and TikTok, you can just TikTok your little heart out and, and maybe maybe get there. What do I know? But the first few the first few TikToks I made did really well, and then the viewership kind of tapered off. Um, so I kind of felt like they were doing like the crack dealer thing where they're giving me the you know, a free sample to get me hooked. And then <laughs> when I started po- <laughs> when I started posting more, they started taking the views away. So when I saw that happen, I, I stopped being as aggressive as I was there. But I would say right now, Twitter's definitely my, my main go-to for social media, for, you know, for independent music and promotion and all that stuff. It's, I used to think years ago, I think when I'd hear the word social media manager, I'm like, that seems like a cush job. But then just from the no, small experience I have with our podcast, I'm like, I don't even want to, like you said, I don't want to get on new platforms because it's already a pain in the ass dealing with the few that we're on, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. It, 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 it's, 
it's a thing, man. Like I, I, every, every single person that's come on my show or whatever, and I'm sure you have the same thing. Every artist that you talk to is like this fucking social media thing is exhausting. Yeah. Like everybody, everybody's saying that, but if you want to have an engaged following and grow, you better be on that shit, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have a choice. So I've been trying to do it as much as I can dude. but I have a job and a family and it's like the, the fact that I get as much done as I do is probably a miracle. So I, I, when people ask me if I'm considering new platforms, I'm like, no, I think I added like four new platforms last year and that's going to have to be it <laughs> <laughs> until someone starts paying me or someone wants to start doing it for me for free. <laughs> like, I I don't have the fucking time, man. It's just it's crazy, and then you got to learn all the platforms and what you can post and when and how you can can I use links here? What it's just crazy, man. I know I'm sounding a little old, but I am old, dude. I'm forty, so whatever. <laughs> now they need to come out. Someone needs to develop some kind of platform that you post on it and it post it to all those things. Not like, you know, in the past where you could do that with like a tweet and it would go to your Facebook, but I'm talking like a full on YouTube video that also goes to your Twitch and your Facebook and your Twitter and everything. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, because, but then you do that stuff. And like when you do auto posts from like Instagram to Twitter or whatever, Nobody looks at those tweets. Yeah, yeah, because it just looks like, like a, a generic. As, link, as, yeah. It just looks like a generic piece of shit. You didn't put any effort into it. I, I'll, I won't. I might unfollow you. You know what I mean? Like I don't <laughs> want to see bullshit. So yeah. I, I, it just it just comes down to using them correctly. But it's so time consuming, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a, another <laughs> thing I wanted to ask is, like you just mentioned, between dealing with all that stuff making your music starting to book shows again, you've got a family and then you've got a full-time job and now you've got a podcast, which is full-time as well. Like how do you balance all this stuff and still not feel overwhelmed and just tired as hell all the time? I, I mean, I do, I do feel overwhelmed sometimes. Uh, I'm kind of there now, you know, I've, I'm, I put some pressure on myself for this release. I'm going to release it next Friday. <laughs> And, uh, it, I'm, that's very short time for me, but I'm kind of doing this weird challenge for myself to like, I think I've been getting a little bit lazy on some stuff like the booking and the hustle and the promotion. And it's like, I need to get back on the horse. So I'm kind of in, I'm kind of in grind mode right now. So I feel good and like energized, but really for me, it's like prioritizing my time. I sit down and I think about how my week's going to look and it's like, okay, well, I have to make three hours this week to try to do something to take care of myself, get some exercise, whatever it might be, go for a walk, whatever. I need to do this, this, this. And I have like a list of shit that I kind of map out for the week. And when I get down to working on something, I only, I only work on that. And if I set time aside to do that during that time, that's what I do. So it gives me a little bit of, I don't know. I guess I feel more focused when I'm just working on one thing. Like if I'm writing music, it's like, okay, you're going to spend 45 minutes this week writing, figure out when. And when I do that, I go down in my jam room, I turn the phone off. I just go in there and it's 45 minutes of focus. And you'd be amazed at what you can do when you're not distracted all the time, you know? Right. And I, and I have a ton of distraction around me all the time. And I don't know why or how I do it. I, I like it. Uh, and I guess that's the best answer I could give. 
I really like the hustle. And I feel like when I'm sitting still and I'm not doing anything, it's like I'm wasting my life. You know, I'm not getting any younger. You know, if there's opportunities, I want to be ready to to crush those opportunities. And you're not going to get those opportunities sitting on the couch. So I try, I just try to stay moving, you know, try to stay moving forward. If I make mistakes, brush them off, move forward, try to learn from them. And I just try to be really, really efficient with my time. It's it's a lot of scheduling and a lot of prioritizing, I would say is the, is the best answer I could give there. Gotcha. Well, is it the, the do you kind of tend to do the same thing with like family? Cause you want to like focus on, you know, I'm not doing anything for two or three days cause I'm just going to spend time with the wife and kids or how, how do you do that? Absolutely. Yes. I, and I, I make time for that on a daily basis. It's like, all right, even though my wife has this going on and this going on and one of the kids has this going on and we've got all this, I'm like, we're going to sit down together and we're all going to eat and we're all going to put our phones away or whatever it might be. Um, we, I definitely, I definitely plan all that stuff. Um, I'm definitely going to be a little bit more cautious of how I do things because now that I've been home a lot, I realize a lot more of the challenges that my wife faces when she's home alone. And so it's like, I'm, you know, it is kind of, inconsiderate sometimes you know you're you're playing for 50 bucks on a sunday night to four people and you know she's she's at home with two kids with the flu <laughs> right you know it, it doesn't make sense for you to be gone you know what i mean so i said so i put the i put a lot of that in perspective and i and i trying to i always try to make that a priority that's always kind of the first thing and then the only reason i'm just starting to book now is because of family stuff so it's just fam, family always comes first no matter what to me Absolutely. We've mentioned the podcast a few times. And before we kind of get into DG and friends, I wanted to ask you, the Sprout and Dusty show was around for a bit and then it just kind of went away. Was that, did you guys just kind of decide to stop doing it or is that something you want to talk about? Yeah, I don't mind talking about it. We, he came on my podcast and we kind of, we kind of talked about it too, because I think a lot of people were curious. There was never any beef or drama or anything there at all there it was basically what it boiled down to is sprout was going through a transition with his job um and some personal stuff that he was dealing with and it was making it very hard for things to get scheduled and organized and all that type of stuff and i have to do things at a certain time just because like we just talked about i have to prioritize my time differently than someone else may that doesn't have a lot of this stuff or whatever but what was happening is like he had so much going on in his personal life. And I think he was just trying to balance it all. And I think the podcast, you know, we both talked and was like, I think we should just table this for a minute. And then we both agreed on that. And that's kind of where we left it. And it's, and it's not done forever. Probably I'm guessing we'll at least do reunion episodes or something. Um, But no, there, there was never any beef there or anything like that. It just happened the way, because where he was at in his personal life schedules didn't line up. So it became very difficult to continue doing it. And then I was, I had already got my stuff set up. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep pushing with this because I did put the work in and I did invest in the gear and all that kind of stuff. Just like, just like we all did. Um, but yeah, I, I think we'll do it again. Um, you know, I'm definitely opening to, I'm definitely open to doing it again too. And I think, I, I think we had something good there, but it, you know, life happens too. So. Right. Well, what, what was the transition? I, yeah, like? there, there was. Uh... Do what? Sorry, right, going going solo. Sorry, going. You mean for the transition going solo? 
yeah, the transition from doing it with someone else to, you know, handling it on your own, basically. It's difficult. I, I got to say, it's an interesting challenge for me. Like I, I'm try, I try to prepare for the guests a lot. Um, but I think we always had such a good banter like it was very it was very low pressure you know i like we i could go down there and be like well if it's me and sprout we can fucking talk for an hour there's no problem with that <laughs> yeah you know what i mean but but when it's just you or if you get a guest that might not be as chatty as you want them to be or something you gotta you gotta get good at rambling a little bit <laughs> exactly yeah. there's there's def, there's definitely a transition from being out being with somebody to, to just being solo I, it's fun i like the podcast platform i like the fact that a lot of times you sit down with somebody that you don't know anything about and you talk to them for an hour and it's like all right now i'm like kind of friends with this person this is interesting you know like, like i got to they got to tell their story and it, it's just it's been cool yeah i get that because <laughs> Jason and I have both done interviews like on our own and those I think go fine. But anytime it's just like me talking in the intro and Jason's not there, it just sounds so flat and boring to, to me when I listen back. I think when, yeah. you know, and it's not that it's, but it's probably just cause it's me. Cause when I listen, there's tons of podcasts that are just one person and they're interesting as hell. But to me, it just seems to work better when you got two people kind of bouncing off each other. Sometimes, like you said, it just makes it easier and easier to not have to like plan yeah, stuff you, out, you know? Yeah, you get you get a you develop a rapport with that person. And it's like it's you're like freaking throwing the ball back and forth to each other a little bit. Yeah. And then this thing, it's I'm like I sometimes I throw the ball, and the other person doesn't catch it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to pick the ball up and try to throw it again and throw it again and throw it again. It's just it's and another thing that I learned is like for the promotional part of it, when you're solo or even when you're doing the podcast and stuff, you have to be like three times as energetic as you would normally be just like talking, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> you try to get the person like excited to talk to you as opposed to like making it like, Oh God, another one of these, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Bur burnout's I, a thing. I love doing it. I, I, what's that? Burnout's a thing. And you, you've got to, I know for me, I, I've definitely got to try to keep myself motivated and, and do anything I can to keep myself motivated. And I, I do too. I like I, I some days I just have to like make myself. Do, like, do I do I want to go to the gym today? Fuck no. Like I want <laughs> right. to sit home and drink Modelo on the couch. Like I, I don't want to do this. Do I want to take that seminar? No, I don't. Gosh, I can think of a million things I'd rather do, but. I could sit down and watch Mortal Kombat or I could go take a seminar that's going to help me grow. Right. You know, and that, and that's how, that's how I try to put it in perspective. And I don't always succeed at that. I fuck up just like everybody else does, but that's how I try to rationalize things to myself to keep me like, keep me upright and motivated. Yeah. I, I feel you. Cause I, there's been times where we had almost all of February. We didn't do anything just cause we both kind of, got into another one of those things where we got burned out. And then even whenever it was time to put out a new episode, I was kind of just dreading setting down and editing it. But then once I did it and got it completed, then I was like pumped again, you know? So it's just kind of like you just go through those phases. Yeah. And it's weird. It's like you, sometimes with the podcast, you have like that, you almost get like the feeling that you have to like go to the gym. And I go, oh, God, I gotta go talk to this person that I don't know for an hour. <laughs> and you just don't feel, and you know, 
yeah. and you just don't feel like it. It's it's not because you're a dickhead. It's not anything like that. It's just, you know, you might have had a long day at work or something, and you just want to chill with the kids. Yeah. It's like, right. I booked this damn podcast, and I had to do it live because I'm an asshole, and now here I go. <laughs> and then you go down there and do it. <laughs> and then you go down there and do it, and then an hour later, you got to come up, and my wife's like, how was it? I'm like, oh, it was fucking awesome. I can't wait to edit it and get it online. You know, so it's just... It's like the gym thing, you know, you feel like shit and then you get there and you do the workout and when you're done, you feel better. You know, it's podcasting is like the same thing you do. I, I'm, I'm going to kick back in June. I think, I think I'm going to take either a couple weeks or maybe a month off in June from the podcast just to see what opens up with shows. Because I, I think if I'm playing out more, I don't know how much more I, I'll still do the podcast, but it just probably won't be as frequent, you know? Right. Well, and especially with you doing it live, you kind of, you're kind of stuck in like, it has to be at a certain time every week, you know, with us, we're just kind of fly by the seat of our pants and put it out whatever day I feel like, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's something I actually admire and have considered. Um, but I, for some reason, I just like the live thing. And the few people that have like been with me since the beginning on the podcast, like the people that tune in every week. Like you know, they tell you that they look forward to it. They're like every Wednesday at eight thirty, I'm turning that shit on. No matter which idiot you got on your show, I'm gonna turn it on. <laughs> and it's like, all right, I feel like I, I feel like it's being kind of a dick to take that away from them. You know, like <laughs> not that you're obligated to do it, but it's you know, it's like you know how hard it is to gain traction on a podcast. You know, that's one thing I'm, I that's one thing that shocks me is like it's podcasting is just like putting out music, man. There's a million of them out there and you got to really stand out and you really got to grind. It's, right. it's a tough game. And it's even more so in this pandemic era. Now everybody and their mother and their mother's mother is putting out a fucking podcast. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I don't know what the yeah, fuck but you we're going to do. Gonna have. What, what, what can we do? Don't worry about that because they're, they're going to book gigs again and then they're going to abandon their podcast. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of them probably, Right. They will. They, they'll they'll book gigs again, and they'll get paid to do it, and they'll they'll abandon their podcast. Like I, I'm not going to abandon mine because I genuinely like found a passion for it because I really like it, and I really like to talk to people and interesting people and people that I admire and all that good shit. But I think a lot of people are just doing it because they don't have anything better to do, and when they do have something better to do, like your podcast will probably be a lot stronger. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, because we've talked to a few people that started, like he said, started a podcast during the pandemic and they're musicians. So like you said, they're they're not going to have time for that in the coming year or two, you know. That, and I'm one of those guys. I mean, I am one of those musicians. I I remember being, you know, sitting up watching the show at night and thinking, man, me and Sprout ought to just do a fucking podcast. And then I called my buddy at back or this, not my, he, at that time, he wasn't even my buddy, but I gave him a call. He, Derek Relaford, he produces podcasts. He's like one of my best friends now. And that's weird how that changes over a year. Right. Right. But like he, he's, he's like, yeah, I'll produce a podcast for you guys. You know, there was a very reasonable fee to get started and he kind of helped us get our feet wet and boom, we were off and running. Now I can definitely understand, like if I was a veteran in the podcast game and like all these musicians are just like, Oh, I have a podcast now too. I mean, that would probably be, that'd probably be a little annoying for you guys, huh? <laughs> it It is in a way, but at the same time, not really because it's not like we're at the level where, yeah. you know, it, 
it truly affects us or anything, I don't think. No one's taking away listeners from right. us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. And, it, and it's like, it's like we're competing for like fucking number one market share here, guys. Like, <laughs> right. I have, we're not know, fucking I'm, I'm not Joe afraid, Rogan. I'm not afraid to admit. <laughs> yeah. No, I like, I'm not afraid to admit I get like 24 downloads on average per show. You know, yeah. like I'm not a, I'm not a big star, but, but the people that do like it, like it. And I love doing it and it slowly grows and that's yeah. all I care about. So. Yeah. Cause I mean, both of us, I know we talked about this before, but we went into this like with no knowledge at all. And it, there's a lot of things I know now that if we had done in the first year or two, it probably would have helped us quicker, but you know, I mean, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with where we're at. Cause mainly we just did this because we love music and mm-hmm. we've got the chance to talk to a ton of musicians that we, you know, either grew up loving or, you know, love now that we've discovered in recent times. So it's at the end of the day, that's the coolest part of all of it, you know? Yeah. I, I, I yeah, don't need to is. be, I don't need to be a household name. But you know what? I got to fucking hang out with Gene Simmons. So I'm fucking, I'm cool. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> I, I, I totally get it. Like, I, I, it's the same for me. I, the people that I've had on, like, it's kind of fascinates me a little bit. I'm like, how the fuck am I talking to the dude from El Nino? Right. You know, like, I, I, like I, this is a guy I listened to when I was, you know, like 20 years old. And I went to see him in concert and, you know, all this crazy stuff. And then, Something happened on Twitter and we got connected there and he's like, yeah, I'd love to do a podcast. I was like, are you fucking serious? And then, you know, before you know it, you're talking to these people and it's like, that's kind of a cool thing. You know, who, who gives a shit what anyone else thinks? Like you got that opportunity to, to make a connection with somebody that you've admired or something like that. And like, right. whatever, if, if, who cares how many people download it or like, uh, I'm not relying on podcasting to feed my family. So I'm good. Right. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I was, the, we'd all be real thin. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the cool thing is, you know, like you mentioned, Kristen Machado, like guys like that, that you sat down and we have on the podcast and he's extremely cool as hell, you know? So it's like, that's the, always even more rewarding than just talking to someone you like, talking to someone that you like. And they're also, you know, extremely well-versed and also super nice as well, you know? Yeah, I haven't had anybody so far yet. You know, I'm I tomorrow's episode 24 for me. And I haven't had anybody yet that's like been a dick or made me uncomfortable or anything like that. It's been it's been really cool. Everybody's been really candid and really fun and friendly and it's been just a really cool experience for me. How how far out are you booked right now like or scheduled as far as the episodes go? Uh, I am booked through May, so I'm gonna. I've been. I've stopped booking by design. So I've got. Uh, yeah, I've got. I think I got five more, and then I'm on a little bit of a break. I've got a backlog of people that want to come on and stuff, but I, you know, I don't know how many of them I'm gonna do if there's a bunch of shows because I do need to rehearse and get ready, you know. So there's there's stuff like that but i'm definitely not going to abandon it you know what i mean like there will be times where i might not book a show because i'll be like i need to get a couple podcasts in you know because i do love it and it's a it's definitely something i want to continue to water if that makes sense yeah when it's like so did it feel when you and sprout first started it did it feel natural to you because that's the first thing i noticed about like just the even the very first episode you guys did that you both sounded extremely not what's the right word like it just seemed natural 
but that could have been because the two of yeah. you, you know, used to talking to each other. But even now when you transition into your own, you sound, you know, like you're just a natural at it as well. Yeah, I, I, I did feel very, I did feel very comfortable the first time I did it. And I do like to go talk to people and I do like the thought of other folks chiming in on a conversation and people like, I don't know. I just, I just like the platform. I like the format and I like. I think it's a great way that a lot of people don't utilize to truly make a connection with people because you can show them a song, man. You can show them an ad, you can show them something, but a podcast is an hour of you, Yeah. you know, the real you, you can't, I mean, you can't hide for an hour. Right. I'm not going to let anyone on my podcast and let them hide for an hour. You know, like I, I'm going to ask some questions and be like, Hey, so I noticed this shit's really dark. Let's <laughs> talk about that. You know, like I, but, but I, I do, like to like to poke and prod and try to get people to open up and talk because I think it gives them a chance to make connections with with fans or prospective fans or whoever and I just think that human connection is a really cool thing that you get from a podcast that you don't get from a lot of other things it's just a it's cool yeah and it's and yeah the thing I've noticed and what the ones we've done and also other ones I've listened to it's like you a lot of times when you're talking to someone for more than 10 or 15 minutes then you get them to open up more about stuff they wouldn't in just a general like interview with a newspaper or magazine or something or yeah. short radio. Yeah, you get a lot you get a lot of that stuff, you know, like you might some like the guy that you have coming on your podcast might be releasing a new record next week and you might talk to him for an hour and not even talk about the record at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that about it though. It's like Anything you want to promote? They're like, no, not really. That was fun, man. See you next time. And you're like, okay, later. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just, I, I, I think it's cool to just have people on and have like candid conversation. I, I do like to ask some of the questions because I think people that are watching do want to know those things, even though they do seem a little generic sometimes. Like, I do want to know whose people's influences are. Yeah, you know, even if it sounds cheesy, like it's interesting to me. And, you know, how do you, you know, what platforms do you like on social media? And I like, I like to ask those questions, but at the same time, you know, I want to dig a little deeper too. I want to know the meaning behind all this darkness, you know, I want to know, or, or whatever the case may be, you know, tell me a funny story. Tell me something people don't know about you. Tell me something like that. Like I, I really enjoy those types of conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. It's just, it's always just more interesting than you know, the, the, the stock question, the way, even though you said like the influence things, a stock question, but it's, it's always interesting. But whenever you can get someone to just talk about stuff that doesn't even have to do with music or stuff that doesn't have to do with their band, it's just, that's the stuff that I really dig hearing from artists. I like. Me too. I, 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 it's my, it's my favorite thing. And like when guys come on or, or girls come on and they just start off with like, you want to know what happened to my cat? <laughs> i'm yeah. like yes let's go let's hear about your cast like <laughs> you know like and, and and then and then you look at the clock and you're like man we've been talking for an hour already yeah you know whereas some of the some of them do i'm sure you guys have had them because you've done way more of these than i have but like there's some of them where you're looking at the clock and you're like <laughs> 20 more yeah. minutes huh what are we going to talk about here yeah yeah there's a there's a few like since ours isn't on a format <laughs> similar to how yours is it's kind of like we just go with you know we've had ones as short as 10 minutes and as long as four hours you know so it's kind of it varies but it's always fun whenever 
obviously you don't have to like work for it. The ones you have to like draw stuff out of them are the ones that are kind of a pain in the ass, you know? <laughs> yeah. They're like, God, why do I do this? Why am I begging this asshole to talk to me? <laughs> right. <laughs> Not to say that they're assholes, but you never know what kind of day someone's having either. So it's just, yeah. you know, you, you try to be human about the thing and sometimes you just got to cut it short, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Well, like, like our, most recent episode last week, we had the singer and guitarist from the band Haunt on, and he got on the phone and yeah. said that he got on the phone and said, "Hey, I'm I'm walking my son, who's like two years old, and because my wife isn't home yet, so bear with me." And then for the he started talking about his son's poop, and then we got into stories about bathrooms in Europe, and basically I looked at the clock, and it had been almost like 15 minutes where we had talked about nothing but toilets. <laughs> and that was the first 15 minutes of the interview. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. My last, yeah, my last one I had Cody Moore on and we were talking about fucking like Dogecoin for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like what is, I'm like, what is this? This is so stupid. This is awesome. Actually. I like this. And I look at the clock, like you said, man, it was like 12, 13 minutes. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be cake. Yeah. And that's that, that's what, that's what the best part about podcasts is it's you don't need a format like you do on like a radio interview where it's like regimented by like okay you've got five minutes and then the two minute break and then we got four more minutes you know it's none of that shit it's just a free flow for as long as you want it to be yeah I and I like I've tried to keep mine to an hour but I I if I had more time I would definitely be into two hours because I think two hours is like really gives you a chance to know somebody and i i don't mind listening to long shows at all yeah same here <clears throat> well where are you hoping i mean yeah, obviously I, you want to keep building with it but like are, do you have specific people in mind like that you're hoping to get on I the podcast even if you don't want to mention them you know i yeah i i've you know honestly i've been able to get cool people and it's been kind of like an organic way that I feel like I've been booking everybody and I'm just going to kind of keep rolling with that because it's been pretty good. And it's like, I'm not targeting someone who's big or this or that. Like, I just want people on that are like dedicated and interesting and have something, you know, positive to put in the world or whatever it might be. And I know that sounds a little hippy dippy, but like I, that's how I've been booking it. And I've just been kind of letting it happen organically. And I think I'm just going to continue to do that. I mean, that's kind of the plan. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool way to do it. It's kind of, I guess it's kind of a luxury to to do that, I guess in a way. But I know I could I know I could book eight people in a row right away if I wanted to, but I kind of feel like that's just like putting people in. And I kind of want to put people in like where it feels good. Like it's like, okay, I've had two metal guys in a row. Let's get a professional, you know, let's get a professional fighter on or, you know, let's get an artist on or let's get a social media influencer on or let's get somebody because I've, I've had to, I've tried to keep it like a little bit mixing it up, but I mostly target musicians just because I have a lot to talk about with them. Right. That's the other thing I wanted to ask is because I, I know that you, you've done that. Like you said, you've had fighters on. I remember like you and Sprout had on the guy that owned like a, I don't remember. It was like a pizza <laughs> I can't even remember that, but it was like, it was cool to just get in. Different. Oh yeah. Yeah. Matt Franson. Yeah. The pizza man. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's cool to just get different perspectives on people like that. Even though it doesn't have anything to do with music, you know, but you're, it always kind of relates back to that, you know, even so. You know? They share a passion, you know, they share a passion like you do, you know, they right. share a passion with music or they share a passion for podcasting or pizza or whatever it might be. And it's just cool to hear people talk about stuff that they're passionate about. Cause it, you get a, you get a true, you get a true look at people when you see that, you know? Yeah. Well, kind of bringing it back to your music, you mentioned Dawson earlier, like kind of talk about your, I know, cause I know you had a relationship with him pre working with him, but like, how's it been, how's your relationship been working with him and like, what's he brought to your music? You think? Uh, it's been amazing. It's a, it, I look at that as a great opportunity to work with somebody that's been pretty damn successful making music. Uh, and I don't, make a type of music that he's necessarily making a ton of, you know? So I feel fortunate in that regard that I have a little bit of a unique niche that I'm doing. And I have someone like that that wants to work with me. Um, he's just a great producer. He's a great friend. He knows exactly the right things to say and do. And he's just, he, every time I go in there, I feel like I learn a lot. You know, I feel like I learned a lot about myself as a musician and, and how to make my songs better, you know, and it's just, it's just a really good relationship. It's really low key. It's really low pressure, but when we get in there, we work and that's what we do. And then we get out, you know, it, it's been, uh, it's been a blessing to work with him, man. He's an awesome guy and he's an awesome producer and we've become pretty good friends over the years. So I, I feel fortunate every time I get to go in there and record for sure. Yeah. Between you know, he had success touring on airplay and everything. And now as a producer, he's had tons of success with Saul and everyone. So it's like, that's an, yeah, an amazing asset to have by your side. Yeah. And it, and it really goes back to, uh, you know, keep showing up, you know, I, I mean, that's kind of what it's been for me. I, I, it's a weird story. And I don't know if I ever told you this story, Trent, but I tried out for seasons after, before Chris was in seasons after the first singer. Um, but I tried out for them when I was a young man and I was not ready. I just didn't have the, I didn't have the chops. I was not ready. I tried my best. We hit it off. Everybody liked each other. They said, we'd give you another try, man. Cause we really like you. And I said, you know what? You guys are freaking, you guys are a couple levels ahead of me here. I, I need to, I need to work on my craft. And then they went off and had the success that they had and all that. And it's like, I kind of, I didn't look at that as a missed opportunity. I looked at it more as of a learning experience. Like if you'd have been, if you'd have been ready, who knows what could have happened, you know, that kind of thing. So I've been working, you know, nonstop since then, because I learned something. It's like, if you're not ready, if you're not ready, when opportunities come, you're not going to be able to capitalize and opportunities are few and far between when you do this shit, you know? Right. <laughs> so I just kept working at it and he was really honest with me back then. And I've had a couple other people, um, that I've submitted music to or whatever that have told me, Hey, you're not ready. Hey, uh, continue to build your story. Hey, continue to grind. You're you're on the right path, but you need to do this and develop this. And it's like, that's the kind of feedback I like to have. And it gives me something to aspire to. So I failed and you know, I, I, I don't, I don't look at it as a failure because if I would have never, pursued that opportunity or tried out before I was ready, I wouldn't have learned that lesson, you know, and and I've taken that lesson and I've carried it with me. And, and it's still to this day, you know, when I go down to record, I want my stuff to be impressive. You know, I want to, 
I want to stand up with, with other artists. I want to, I want to show, you know, that I, that I have put the work in and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I've learned a lot of lessons and I've carried them over and that's been just a really long relationship and a long friendship. And it's just been, uh, it's been, it's been really good. It's awesome. That's great. Well, between, I, I, I think we probably talked about this last time you're on the podcast, but it's been like two years now. So I'm going to bring it up again, but like, what was the transition for you? Like going from being a part of a, a metal band to being just the guy making pretty much every decision on your own and doing everything on your own, the whole do it yourself approach. Like, I mean, we already talked about that earlier with it being overwhelming. Yeah, I think we did, but I think we did, but I think my perspective on things changes too. Like I honestly love the fact that I'm the only decision maker, right? I love the fact that I can move on something when I want to, and I don't have to have a democracy. Um, I, you know, that kind of thing. I can run my shit the way I want to run it. But at the same time, on the creative side of it, the, you know, the truly important part of it, you don't have anyone to collaborate with and jam with. And I think that's the thing that I may have took for granted back then. It's like, you still are collaborating with other musicians and that makes you a better musician. So that was a, that was a big, that was a big transition, but it, it was something that I think helped me because I had to carry the load myself. It was like, you better get out there and you better perform and you better keep trying and you better keep trying and you better keep practicing because it's all on you. Right. And I think it made me, uh, I think it made me hold myself accountable a little bit. So I don't know. I just, these days I'm looking back at things and I'm like, I kind of felt like the timing was off, but now I kind of feel like all the timing was just right. You know, like, I feel like the things that happened happened for a reason and like, I'm comfortable in my own skin a little more than I have been in a long time. And I know it sounds like cheesy, but <laughs> I think it just comes with age and, and I think it just comes with age and experience, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You've got, you mentioned so I, for you is your next single. Is this song happy and upbeat? <laughs> it is. It, oh, this, is it really? This is going to surprise. <laughs> this is going to surprise people. This one is a, uh, this is a love song. I wrote this song for my wife. Oh wow! Um, the video has got the the video has got a little bit of a dark undertone to it, um, but the the song itself is a the song itself is a love song straight up. I wrote it for my wife, and uh, and I'm not afraid to come out with something different because I've written enough depressing shit. I don't I you know I'm not saying I'm not going to write more because I have like 20 more depressing songs that I'm going to write, but. <laughs> This one is a, this one is a happy one. This one is a love song. I think it will. Uh, I think it might surprise people. Yeah, I, I might lose a lot of fans, Trent. I might lose a lot. Of fans. <laughs> <laughs> I have nine fans. I'm going to lose three of them with this song. Yeah, the three that are only into you know depressing stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, the suicidal. The three suicidal people are going to be like, "Nah, this dude made me happy today. I'm not. I'm not doing that." <laughs> Well, yeah, like with this song, Derek won't be able to make any memes about how how he already made the music one. He already made one. He, yeah, he already made one today, making fun of me because this one's happy. Oh, okay, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, in the group, he uh, he made one of uh, God, what was the guy's name from Breaking Bad? The the brother-in-law of a cop, Hank. Yeah, Hank. You know that meme where he's real, he's like smiling, and then he's really sad on the one side. Yeah. Have you seen that meme? Yeah. Yeah, it was basically like my old songs were the sad face and my new one is the smiling face. So he's already, 
He's already making fun of me about it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to promote <laughs> since you usually end your stuff with uh, that? Yeah, I do. I, I, uh, the, for you will be coming out May 7th. Um, the video is, I put in a lot of work on the video with a filmmaker here in Wichita named Lester Rowe. This is his first music video. He's done a lot of dark short films and he's done some MMA documentaries and stuff like that. And I always liked his work. Um, and he made a post that he was considering trying the music video and I reached out to him right away <laughs> and it was just, the timing was perfect. So I'm really proud of the next release. If everyone checks that out, that would be uh, amazing to me. Other than that, just check out my website, dustygrant.com, and you can find everything you could possibly need there. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, it's been a pleasure as always. You know, even, well, the first time we had you on, I already knew you pretty well, but, you know, two more years, you know, getting to know you, it's, it's a pleasure always talking to you, whether it's in this context or obviously just hanging out. Yeah, man, I I, uh, I actually have been talking about some Tulsa offers and stuff. So if that happens, I would love to see you guys, man. That'd be awesome to get together in person and and catch up for real. Absolutely. All right, man. So and if the if, if, if yeah if we booze bars and guitars it again, you definitely know we'll be talking to you too. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely on board unless I have some crazy conflict. So. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll 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 hold you to that. All right. Yeah, thank you guys for the opportunity. I appreciate you guys giving me the giving me the platform. I really appreciate it. There you go, Dusty Grant. A huge thank you to Dusty for calling in and talking to us there for quite a bit about all his music and all his podcast stuff and everything else he's got going on. Be sure and check out his new song, For You, that he put out here in the past month. There's a video for it. As he mentioned there in the podcast, it's actually not sad. This is the first song he's released at least in recent memory, that is not a bummer. <laughs> right. But So, yeah, that's cool. So check that out. And, of course, check out the rest of his music and check out the podcast DG and Friends. And I'm not just saying this because he's a friend. It's very good, and he's very good at interviewing. So check that out. And, of course, tell him you heard about him here if you hadn't heard about him before. But if you're listening to this because you're a fan of Dusty and you just found us, we appreciate it. Like we mentioned earlier, we've got Josh Todd from Buck Cherry coming next week. We've got Damon Johnson from a, a million different things coming within the next few weeks. We've got members of the Normandies and Grind coming up. We had Robert Mason from the End Machine and Warrant last week. That was great. Yeah, very cool. We had two of the members of Dirty Honey here recently, which was very cool. We had Trevor Church from Haunt on here for the second time recently. We had members of tesla over this past year both brian wheat and frank hannon we've had on guys from helmet prong corrosion conformity typo negative like how i just kept it all in the vein right there life right. agony all that type of music <laughs> but we've also had on guys from all across the board guns and roses to shine down to kiss so dig through it all thethunderunderground.com you can listen most anywhere podcast or heard wherever you're listening to this right now subscribe so you don't miss us in the future if you see any of our posts on any social media, like it and share it. That helps us out big time. We would appreciate it. We've also got merch for sale on the website. And there's reviews of albums. Nothing recent. We haven't done that in a while. Mm -hmm. so you should write up a new review for the new album from uh, Fallout Boy. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and 
say no to okay. that one. All right. There's, surely, there's probably something else that came out that's actually good. Yeah, so I, I'm, <laughs> I, I should probably do something. Right. But no, we've got, like, we've also got a YouTube channel with uh, videos that are not this podcast, you know, like us talking about albums and that kind of stuff. So check that out. We'll probably have a Buck Chur review coming soon on there as well. So be on the lookout for all that great stuff. All right. Once again, a huge thank you to Dusty Grant, DEB Concerts, Med Farm. Sunset Tattoo and Hella Hot Hot Sauce. And until next time. Overall, good. How have you guys been? I've been good. I <clears throat> I went to Mexico for a few days, so I'm I'm good. <laughs> Feeling pretty relaxed now. Yeah. <laughs> I did not go to Mexico, so fuck <laughs> you, Trent. But I'm okay. I heard your Mexico thing, and then I don't know where we went from there. Yeah, right after that, Jason just told me to fuck off because he didn't go to Mexico, and then that's where we lost you. <laughs> I didn't. Okay, I didn't. I didn't hear any of that. Okay, okay. so yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thunder Underground, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>